Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Dr. John Chastine. John has a diverse background in higher education and local church leadership. His greatest joy is serving as the lead pastor of Victory Church in Oklahoma City since 2014, a multi-campus church with campuses in both Oklahoma and Texas. And from 2018 to 2023, he was also the president of the King's University in Dallas, Texas. In this episode, John will unpack the concept of re-leadership. He'll discuss how he's realized that many leaders aren't necessarily the ones who started a church or organization, but rather they are re-leaders who are called to step into what others started. So get ready to lean in and take some notes, leaders. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep, we talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, a.k.a. Iglesia Vertical in South Florida. We are one church, two languages. I'm your host for this weekly podcast where we talk with awesome leaders who are making an impact all over the world, especially here in the States. And today we have an amazing leader. We ha- I'm talking about a leader of leaders. I'm talking about somebody with a pastor's heart, somebody with an educator's heart and mind. Dr. John Chastine, <laughs> Pastor John Chastine, my friend, John Chastine. How you doing, John? I'm doing good, Virgil, man. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor to be on such a great podcast where there's been so many great people go before me. So I appreciate you inviting me. Yeah, yeah. we're excited to, to jump in. I'm excited to jump in because what kind of your heart and, and, and what you're launching with ReLeader, it kind of resonates where, where I am, where I've been, yeah. and I think with a lot of leaders as well. Before we jump into that conversation, can you just share a little bit about yourself so our Avail yeah. audience can get to know John Chastine? Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, really, I'm an educator at heart. I started as an educator in higher education. Um, I served in, at a university as a vice president for about eight years uh, early on in my, my uh, adulthood. Uh, thought that was my tr- path, my trajectory, master's degree, doctorate degrees, uh, because I wanted to be a university president. That was my goal. That was my trajectory. So I got a doctorate in university administration. While I was doing that, I was attending this little church in Oklahoma City called Victory Church. And it was a multi-site church, what would be deemed as a mega church. And we just kind of blended in like the, a lot of the typical congregants. I was a greeter. My wife served in the kids ministry. And uh, in 2011, that church came knocking at my door saying, hey, we're launching a new campus and we want you to be the campus pastor. And I kind of laughed. I was like, no, I'm an educator. I, I have degrees. I'm on this trajectory. Um, they were very uh, ambitious. They came at me and came at me and came at me. I turned them down <laughs> twice. They came to me a third time and said, John, have you prayed about it? And I'll tell you, I made the, the dangerous mistake or the, or the, of praying about it. <laughs> so long, very long story short, I left higher ed, became a campus pastor, fell in love with pastoring, thought I'd missed what I was supposed to do. Hmm. Uh, did that for three years, loved it. Uh, three years into my being a campus pastor, the lead pastor of this church, uh, founding pastor made a devastating mistake and had a moral failure. And so in 2014, um, this crazy board, I thought they had lost their mind. They named me the lead <laughs> pastor of this mega church. Wow. I thought they were crazy. Did that for four years. Uh, loved it. Um, I didn't love it for about a year. It was brutal, but I ended up loving it. Uh, <laughs> 
then to 20, 2018, there was a, an amazing university called the King's University and Seminary. It's founded by Jack Hayford in the late 90s, and it's been under the stewardship of Gateway Church, Robert Morris, um, since 2013. They called me and said, hey, we want you to come to Dallas and be the, the president of our university. Wow. And this was like a fulfillment of what I always wanted to do, but but I was at odds. I said, listen, I can't leave this church. I love this church. They've been through hell. I can't abandon this church. And they said, no, we're okay if you do both. Wow. So for five years, since 2018, I was both. I was the president of the King's University and Seminary kind of Monday through Thursday. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was a, I was a pastor and, wow. uh, and would, would pastor and preach this church. And so for five years, I did that. And then June 30th, I kind of hung it up at the King's University, and now I'm back to pastoring, and this re-leader thing is really coming out of me. So that's a really quick flyover of the last several years, yeah. Yeah, I love I love it because, you know, it, it just reinforces this idea that God, he's He's looking for people who are doing something, right? It's yeah. He's not looking for yeah. people who are sitting down yeah. doing nothing. You're, yeah. you're minding your own business, doing what you're called to do, doing what God's brought you to do, and then yeah. there's even more to this assignment. So yeah. so re-leader is, is, is kind of what it's what you're launching. And I, and what I understand is that there's a, a book that's going to be coming out in 2024. So depending on when people hear this, it may be yeah. out, right? Uh, also yeah. the, uh, the podcast re-leader uh, and, yeah. and the website where people can just kind of um, bathe in this. Talk to us, what is re-leader yeah. and why? Yeah. So I'll start, I'll kind of, start by telling a story. So last summer, um, summer of 22, I was with my pastor and we were kind of working out, doing some things. And, and he says, Hey, I want to do some pastors round tables, uh, for, for pastors. And will you, will you, will you help me? Will you do it with me? We can do it. And I want to do it on church planting and church growth. And I was like, man, pastor, I don't really, I don't know how to plant churches. Like, why would you want me to help you do that. I don't know how to do that. Go to ARC, go to somebody who knows what they're doing. And, and honestly, although I pastor a mega church, I don't know that I'm an expert in coaching explosive growth in the church. And he looked at me dead in the eye and he said, okay, well then if you're going to help pastors, what do you do? What is it that you do that you could help pastors do? And I don't know if you've ever had something kind of bubble up out of your gut before it goes through a filtration system, but without even thinking, I just go, I fix broke stuff. Uh-huh. I fix broke stuff. And he looked me dead in the eye and he said, then that's what you need to help pastors and leaders do. Hmm. I'll tell you, I was a lead pastor of a church. I was the president of a university and seminary. And for the first time in my life, I was like, this is what I'm called to do. Wow. Because Virgil, I, most of my leadership experience, um, I've taken over stuff that's been broken and tried to uh -huh. fix it. Like, I'm Nehemiah. <laughs> I'm uh -huh. trying to find the pieces of the rubble and put the, put this wall back together and most of my my attempts to find leadership content over the years has been very based on build, start, grow. Yeah. You know, let's get this thing going. That's never been my experience. My experience has been rebuild, restart, mm -hmm. regenerate, restore, redeem. And and that's, you know, I've come into leadership situations where it was hell. Like everyone's leaving the church. Finances are down, giving is down, staff morale is down. And so what I've begun to realize, Virgil, and I, I love your story because you're a re-leader, maybe a little bit of a different circumstance, but most yeah. leaders are not leaders. Yeah. They're re-leaders. 
There, right. there are very few Craig Rochelle's. There are very few Chris Hodges. There are very few people who start something, grow something, build something, and thank God for them. We all learn from them. Mm-hmm. Most people did not start the department. There was a VP before them. There was a CEO before them. There was a lawyer before them, a teacher before them. Most of us are coming in on the heels of someone else's leadership and trying to figure out how to relead. And so that that became my passion. And that became something that I believe there's a, a distinct demographic of people who are called to do this. They're anointed to do this. Yeah. Um, all through the Bible, there are releaders. Elisha was a releader. He followed mm-hmm. Elijah. Joshua was a releader. He followed Moses. Uh, Nehemiah was a releader. He came to rebuild. Zerubbabel came to rebuild the temple. He didn't build the temple. Solomon built it. He had to come back and rebuild something that he did not break. Um, so I just think there's a distinct a distinctiveness between a leader and a releader. And that's kind of what I'm I'm getting into and some of the content I'm pushing out. So I love that, you know, and, and it does resonate with me uh, being a, a son who took over for, you know, for my parents, the church that yep. they planted um, and then, you know, and then kind of taking it into the next season and the next direction uh, with the Lord. What you're saying is so true. Uh, yeah. A high percentage of leaders are re-leaders. Yeah. Um, and so let's unpack this a little bit. The, the concept of stepping in, first of all, in your case, uh, speaking of the of the church, mm-hmm. that you you know you weren't looking to be the lead pastor. No, <laughs> uh, there's an unfortunate situation, an unfortunate yeah. situation with the previous pastor, moral failure, and then you are somehow voted in. And uh, talk to us a little bit about about that experience uh, in yeah. the whole re-leader framework. Um, yeah. What were the biggest challenges, and you know what? What surprised you as you began that journey? Yeah, no, that's really good. I think, um, I don't know if you remember, several months ago, there was this building that in New York, it was in Manhattan, that it was a parking garage and it collapsed from the inside. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The, the external of the building was still standing, but internally something had collapsed and people were mm-hmm. dead. There were dead bodies. There were injured people. There were cars. And so... When, when an organization goes through something like that, the structure of the organization is still there. From the outside looking in, it doesn't even really look any different. Uh, but mm-hmm. internally, there's devastation. And I, I think for the thing that I had to realize real quick, most leaders are very, let's get in, let's fix it, let's go, let's go, let's go. I think one of the things that I had to do and learn very, very quickly is that this is, this is not a sprint, this is a marathon. Yeah, And one of the first things I had to do when I got in, and I don't know how your leader journey was, Virgil, but when I got in, um, when the when there's a change in leadership, people are confused. Uh, huh. People are trying to adapt to a new style of leadership. Uh, in my instance, there were, there were wounded people everywhere. Yep. And so think about that building that had to be rebuilt. Before they, before they went in there and rebuilt it, they looked for dead bodies. <laughs> they, they went in with search dogs and found, is there anybody in here that's wounded? Yeah. Let's get into a hospital. So I think for, for two or three months, Virgil, I was just in full-on pastor mode. Like, this is, a, this is a congregation. This is a staff that's reeling in pain. They've lost yep. the leader. And I can't come in and say, new vision, new direction. Everyone forget about the past. We're going forward. Man, there's there's healing that has to happen. And for me, that was the biggest adjustment because I wanted to just go. I wanted to get going. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a lot of wounded. 
you know, there's a lot of people that are, that are reeling and paying and, and I couldn't just take off, you know? Yeah. So yeah. That, that's, that's one of the biggest things for me. I was going to mention that two things come to my mind. You know, my situation wasn't, wasn't the same in that my father didn't have, you know, what, there wasn't a negative reason. It was just pretty much stage of life and, uh, and a good healthy, we, we sought out some good counsel. We had a good, healthy transition with good time, good communication. Now that didn't mean there were some bumps in the road and some challenges of people figuring out, okay, you know, Verge Jr. doesn't lead the same way or pastor (laughs) the same way or even preach the same way. But, um, but, but, you know, I will say, man, I'm my hats off to you and people who have had to come in and step in and really fix something they didn't break for real. Um, But, but I think what you're saying is so key because as a leader, you first, you, you, we tend to think of, okay, organizational structure and vision casting and all the things got put together. But in this case, a re-leader who steps into something that's, that's not only broken organizationally, but, but there's broken hearts, like the hearts of the people like that. That was a big um, hurdle, hurdle for, for somebody coming in and you really had to pay attention to that. And how did that go? Did you have help? What helped you walk people through, through that pain? Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? Avail is excited to announce that for a limited time, you can get a free six-month trial subscription to the Avail Journal. The Avail Journal was created to equip and empower leaders with everything they need to excel. Read quarterly issues and pick up leadership wisdom from high-impact leaders like Sam Chan, John Maxwell, Tim Tebow, and dozens more. Take the first step in becoming a more effective leader. Sign up for your free six-month trial subscription to the Avail Journal by visiting availjournal.com. That's really good. I think I think one of the main things that I had to focus on, and I actually did a whole podcast episode about this, is the very the second podcast I ever did on this topic mm-hmm. was I, I really talked about the number one thing that any leader needs. Um re-leader, whether it's a fix what you didn't break or coming in like you did mm-hmm. and, and coming on the heels of a great leader, sometimes that can be even more difficult, more challenging. Sure. But regardless of what spectrum you're coming in at, as a re-leader, there's one thing that you cannot live without. There's one thing that you cannot do without, and it's trust. Mm-hmm. No leader can lead without trust. And, okay. and I think that in those formidable first couple of months, because I was more interested in the people than I was the organization was actually some of my most pivotal trust building season where I I showed the people that I was there for them and them first, that you're our greatest asset. And in those seasons I was building trust. And and I I just think that without trust, um, no one will follow you. And if no one's following you, I can't remember who coined this, but you're not really leading. You're just going for a walk. So, um, those those first seasons, and I tell you, you know this very well, Virgil, is, you know, they say there's an old saying that says trust is gained by the spoonful and lost by the bucketful. And I stepped into a situation where the entire bucket of trust had been done this and turned upside down and it was yeah. turned back over. And I'm sitting here as the new leader going, I, all I have is a thimble here and, and, and it just little by little by little. And that is a re-leading is a patient endeavor. If you're launching something, let's say you're launching a church, let's say you're planting a church, you're starting a business, you're starting a nonprofit. People get excited quick. You can get momentum quick. Mm -hmm. You can get energy quick. 
You can cast vision quick. People jump on board quick. Man, when you're coming in as a re-leader, whether you're in a situation like Virgil or a situation like me, yeah, trust is pivotal. And it takes a long, long time to build trust. And so sometimes it can be really, um, really challenging as a re-leader because I'm ready to go. I got a vision. I, mm-hmm. I, have, I, I have a, I know what direction to take, but man, it's so important for those first six months to 12 months really is all about building trust. Now, once you build trust, they'll take the hill with you. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll do it all with you. But some leaders make the mistake in my opinion, Virgil, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I think some, some leaders make the mistake of coming in too quick, too hard, and then, and then they don't have the trust and then they get frustrated when people aren't following them to the extent that they wish they would. And it's not because they didn't want to, and it's not even because the vision wasn't good enough. It's because they didn't trust you yet. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree 100%. And I'll, and I'll say, you know, I'll say in my experience, so, so here was a little bit kind of over the top of my experience. My dad did not leave me with a, a mess or all these broken yep. things, but, but because he, he's an immigrant from Columbia, South America who came to the United States. He was happy with where it was at. I yeah. did inherit an organization with few systems there you and go. Little and little structure. So, yep. so I knew that in order to go into the direction that we needed to go, we were going to have to bring some systems and structures. With thank you, to, yep. thank you, Lord, for Dr. Sam Chand and Amen to that. Amen to that. Help with that. So I knew we were going to have to get some handles there, um, yep. and and understanding that people need some time to yep. begin to journey and navigate with me. I wanted to ask you, John, yep. specifically, like like if we can get practical, and, yep. and and I don't want you to think too long or go too far. Just yep. kind of a bullet po- bullet point list of maybe three or four things, practically speaking, for a pastor or a leader. Yep. Who's stepping in? Who's stepping into a role where maybe the previous leader kind of dropped the ball, or you know, or it was just a difficult situation? People yep. are 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 kind of hurting, and and they're and they're in this situation of stepping in. Just on a practical level, what can help that they do in that beginning season, practically speaking? Yeah, to build that trust. Yeah, I can give you a, a few specific things. I actually wrote a whole article on about this very topic with uh-huh. very specific things. Um, at reallead.co is the website. I wrote an article, but one of the very first things I did, and I didn't even do it on purpose, but looking back, it's probably the most important thing I did. And it's so simple. It's almost crazy. The very first weekend that I took the stage as the lead pastor in the midst of heartbreak, in the midst of all trust lost, one of the very first things I said, I talked about Abraham and how in the book of Genesis, it says that God credited him righteousness which means he didn't, which means he hadn't earned it yet. He had done nothing to earn it. And it says that God gave it to him on credit. And, and I talked about that for a minute. And then I just got real quiet and I looked at the congregation and I said, I'm asking you to credit me trust. I haven't mm. earned it yet. You don't know me. I have proven nothing to you and you have very little trust to give. But so the one super practical thing I would say, and it's so simple, it's crazy, is just ask for it. Ask <laughs> Good. For it. I said, just will you credit me some trust and let me slowly pay it back to you over the course of the next six to 12 months? So one, I would say ask for it. Two, in my instance, um, it was a moral failure that involved infidelity, but also some financial concerns. So I knew that I had a long ways to go to overcome that. 
So yeah, the board, the board, we came up with some really practical guidelines for me. I'm not allowed to travel to, alone, just, just things of that nature. And then those things were over communicated to the church. Hey, we want you to know these are, these are things we're putting mm-hmm. in place to ensure. Uh, I like to always say uh, I would rather build a guardrail at the top of the mountain than a hospital at the bottom. So <laughs> let's put guardrails up here and then communicate those to the congregation or the staff uh, one thing I started doing, Virgil, was um, I knew that trust was lost. And one year I was sitting there watching the State of the Union address, right, where the president gets up and he's giving the uh-huh. state of the church. And I thought to myself, why doesn't the church do that? Why don't we get up? Mm-hmm. So I started doing, I still do it to this day. Every January I get up and I do what we call a state of the church address. And I get up there and, I, and I'm and i honest about our debt. Here's If we have debt, here's our debt. Uh, here's our total annual revenue. I, I don't get into the weeds, but I give them a very broad scope so that they can yeah. trust. I tell them, I tell my church, when's the last time you heard a pastor do this? I tell the church how my salary is set. Now, I don't, I don't tell them what my salary is, but I say, <laughs> listen, we have an outside firm that does a compensation study. Then it goes to a compensation committee and then it goes to the board. There's three layers of accountability. I don't set my own salary. W- what am I doing? I'm letting this congregation know you can trust this house. This, yeah. There's been too much scandal in the church, too many mistakes made by too many churches. And when there's a scandal down the street, it doesn't just hurt that church. It hurts us too. It hurts me. It hurts your church. Yeah. And so what if, I have nothing to hide. So I, I, I just, I'm honest now. Like, again, I don't go into details. I don't tell them my salary. I don't tell them what we spent on this or this. I just say, you know what? I want them to trust this house that this is fertile soil and you can trust this house that when you sow seed here, it's going to have a harvest. So those are a couple of really small practical things. And I'm not saying those are right for everybody. I'm not saying you should, anybody should do any of those particular things, but for this, for me in this house, it it was needed and it helped me build trust really quickly. Yeah, that's good. I I, I will second every one of those. Uh, Um, Asking, asking them to credit you some trust. I've never heard it put that way. I think that's wise. Uh, over communicate. Uh, I think yeah. that's huge, and that helped us over communicating even before certain changes are coming and adjustments are coming. Uh, transparency, yeah. you know, especially in the finances and how things are, are how the government and finances of the church yep. are run. I mean, yep. people appreciate this. Establishing guardrails again, accountability. I think this is great wisdom, and these are practical yeah. nuggets for all of our avail leaders. I love it, Pastor John. Now, now, yeah. re- regarding releader, um, and and I know you you have this heart. Uh, to to help leaders who are who are literally called to lead and fix things that they didn't break. I'm curious. I'm curious. Um, you also had this role where you stepped into university president. Um, yep. It wasn't the same situation because you weren't coming in after a you know a bad fall, yep. but you did have to come in as the new president. Yep. You know, were there similar experiences, or how was that journey yep. on the education side? Yeah, it was a great experience for me as a re-leader, but it was completely different and it was good for me to get a different, right? So mm-hmm. the King's university is an amazing university, bachelor's, master's, doctorate degrees, fully accredited. You talk about heritage, Jack freaking Hayford, like Jack <laughs> Hayford founded it. And then gateway church, Robert Morris. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, there ain't nothing broke here, but, but you know, you get in there and there are cultural things that, that needed to be shifted and sure. Internal staff culture, uh, some systems, like you're saying, there is no such thing as a perfect house, 
right? Right. Even after I leave, even after Virgil leaves, there's no such thing as a perfect house. Yeah. But when you're a real leader, you come into an organization and it's humbling, right? Being a real leader is very humbling because you walk into the doors of a building that you yeah. did not build. I didn't yep. raise the money for this. I wasn't in on the architectural drawings. I didn't hire the staff. I didn't set these policies and procedures. I didn't set those core values. I didn't set that mission statement. I'm here to steward something. Mm-hmm. But all along those those lines, you see things that are glaringly obvious that when you get there, that this needs to change, right? Yeah. This little staff culture here, this little system here, this core value, I'm not digging that. That's not who we are. Mm-hmm. And so there's always things to tweak and change. And so for me, one of the biggest challenges, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Virgil. To me, mm-hmm. one of the biggest challenges of being a releader is seeing something that needs to be changed, but knowing how and when to do it. Here's the thing. Any leader worth their salt can come into an organization and within a week, within mm-hmm. a month, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. This staff member needs to go. This, this policy is not right. It doesn't take a, a lot of brain power to do this if you're a great leader. The greatest re leaders don't don't understand just what, but they know how and when. To me, that's what separates good leaders from great leaders. So, for example, if you go um, if you go on a cruise ship, if you're on Carnival Cruise Lines, like the best captains on cruise lines can turn the ship 180 degrees, and nobody on board even knows they turn. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. so to me, the best re leaders are the ones who can come in change the culture, change values, change the trajectory of the organization. And most leaders make the mistake of coming in and change, making changes too quickly. Right. And what happens is it causes whiplash through the organization. And if a, if a ship turns too quickly, two things are going to happen. People are going to get sick and people are going to get thrown off the boat. <laughs> so um, I don't know how that was for you, Virgil, but I'm sure you're coming in saying, hey, man, there's some things about this even though my dad was an amazing leader, amazing pastor, Virgil's culture is different. Virgil's values are different. So how do I change this in a way that's honoring to my predecessor, uh, but also shifting gears for where we're heading next? Yeah. Well, you know, I appreciate you asking. I think, I think one of the things that I decided to do was I've never done this before and neither has my dad. So I wanted to get counsel and advice. I wanted to hear from voices of people who had been there and done that. Uh, One of those being Tom and Todd Mullins from uh, Christ Fellowship in in West Palm Beach, Florida, who are, man, what a legacy. What a a blessing. What a great model. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, interestingly enough, right, right around that season when I was uh, asking a lot of questions, uh, coach Tom Mullins, you know, comes out with a book called Passing the Leadership Baton. I remember this Mm -hmm. This illustration really helped me. The illustration of the baton in a relay race, yep. uh, and what and what they explained to me was there's a zone where that baton, you know, can be passed on, and it's a, it's it's a significant zone. The yep. problem is if you if you pass it too soon, and if you pass it too late, you're disqualified. So there's that zone, and I kind of yep. feel like the the there's a zone for those shifts and those changes, which which connected to what you were saying earlier. By, Building some trust with the right people yes. and rapport is gonna is gonna go a long way. And so and so because I because we had the time and I was able to uh, lean into some of these leaders who who had been there and done some of these shifts, I learned some things before stepping in that helped me. And and what you're saying is right on, John. I think I think what can be devastating and um, and maybe even abrupt for many, and including a church, 
you know, or university is when things are done too quick or without explanation. So or for us, explanation, that's good. A, a big one for, for us was explain the why with yep. a lot of time. So one of the things I was going to do, by the way, was I was changing the name of the church, not wow. because I wanted to dishonor my dad and the name he yeah. gave it, but because the vision for us was now yep. amplifying to Spanish and English, not just, not just Spanish. And so I wanted a name that was spelled the same in both. So vertical, vertical, right? That was part of our vision. But we communicated, it. We communicated about a year before because I asked some of the older women and gentlemen in church who were like, well, why are you changing? And I asked them, what language do your grandkids speak right now? And yes. they all looked at each other. They looked at me and they said English. English. And I said, well, wouldn't it be beautiful if your grandkids could go to the same church you go to? They just choose the the language that they prefer or understand better. And you're still yep. part of the same church family. Hey, this is our vision. This is our calling. And uh, and we we gave people time Give to why. digest it. The why. That was yep. a big one for us. That's that was so a big good. One yeah, you yeah. over communicated, which is which is key, right? If you want people to go with you, you got to you got to communicate the vision. That's it's brilliant. I, let, I didn't realize that vertical was spelt the same in both languages. Yeah. That, that's that brilliant too. That was a big key for us because we're one church, two languages. Love John, it. I love this. I, honestly, we're gonna have to do another episode a little bit later. We gotta have to do another yeah. one of these because there's so much to squeeze out of this. Um, I wanna I wanna shift this this final stretch on yeah. Releader. You know, I know there's a website, there's a platform, there's a podcast, yeah. uh, there's a book. Uh, why, why and how can Releader help other Releaders, whether it's in ministry, you know, education, whatever area they're in, yeah. share some, some of your heart uh, yeah. of how you want Releader to help people? Yeah, so, so really what I'm trying to create, Virgil, is um, this is new. You know, this is a new, this is a new word in the leadership space. It's a new kind of topic in the leadership space. And so what I'm trying to create honestly is a community of people to not to say John's the expert. Everyone sit at John's feet and listen to John speak. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to create a community of people who come together that we can learn from each other. And so the main, the, the, the main way I do that is through a website called releader.co. It's just mm -hmm. leader with a re in front of it, releader.co. And there you can do a, it's a free subscription. There's two versions. You can do a free subscription or you can pay a, a monthly subscription base, which is very minimal, very small amount. Either way, you're inserted into a community, right? And so what you get out of that is you get, you will get articles I'm writing every single week about challenges, rewards, frustrations of re-leading, just different components of re-leading. So we're constantly learning. And then there's, there's open chat forums where you can comment on that article and then you'll spark up conversations with other re-leaders. Mm -hmm. And so what we're finding is that re-leaders in New York are, are connecting with re-leaders in New Mexico <laughs> and vice versa. That's now cool. we're, now we're learning from each other. Um, the paid subscription has kind of some bonus content of whether it's a video that gets into more of like, I'll give you an example, the podcast. Um, you can find the podcast on any platform that you do podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of times there's a, there's like a 20 or 30 minute podcast. So I'll give you an example. One, we did why trust is important. Okay. So here's mm -hmm. why trust is important. And then if you're a paid subscriber, there was a bonus episode about how do I build trust? How do I do this? So I, I understand why it's important. Yeah. What are some really practical ways that I can do this? Mm -hmm. uh, and so, so that's really the main avenues. There is a book coming out in January of 24. And it is going to be entitled Releader. And then the subtitle is How to Fix What You Didn't Break. Um, I'm, I'm working on a book right now called Re How to Relead Your Marriage. 
Because the truth is, this is so applicable to, to every, every area of our life. Because the truth is, we live in a fallen world and everything's broken in our world. And so as believers, we're called to redeem, restore, rebuild, yeah. relead our marriage, our finances, our health, our mental health. And so it's just, it's just a topic that I've become almost obsessed with because I think it's so applicable to so many of us. So if anybody wants to join that journey, I mean, really, it's a journey that we're inviting people to join with us. The book will come out. But if you go to releader.co um, uh, and just subscribe, it's a free subscription. And then you can follow on the uh, the podcast as well. So good, everybody. You heard it. Releader.co is the website. So don't put that M on there. Releader.co. Yeah. Uh, and you could access some resources from John Chastain, which which includes a free option. But I suggest you you do that. You do that subscription where you pay a little something, but you get a little some extra might be might be worth your while. I think it is book. I think, John, I think some people are going to be hearing this right up right around when the book comes out. The book may already yeah. be out, depending on when you listen to this. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Releader is the book. How to yeah. fix what you didn't break. What a great concept. That's that's many of our journeys. And yeah. uh, this is going to be helpful for you. And if you want to just build some community with some great leaders. Uh, who have, you know, who think alike, who are on the same journey, who want to honor God, whether you're in the ministry or in the marketplace or in education, there's a space for you, releader.co. I'm going to mention uh, real quick, the Avail Journal, everybody. If you do not yet subscribe to the Avail it's Journal, awesome. <laughs> you could try mm-hmm. our free trial subscription. Go to availjournal.com. We have a free trial for you because we want to bless you and encourage you. Would you agree, John? This is a good resource for leaders. It's amazing. It's, it, it, if Sam Chan's involved in anything, it's amazing. But that particular <laughs> thing is amazing. <laughs> it is. It feels good. It looks good. It is good. It's got great content. Availjournal.com. Dr. Sam Chan and Martin Van Tilburg uh, are founders at Avail. And, uh, man, they're just putting together great resources for Christian leaders. Uh, John, honestly, I could personally sit here for a couple more hours to talk, which means we're going to have to do another episode in the future. Uh, but what do you want to leave on our Avail leaders' hearts? Man, I think my biggest passion that's been on my heart later for releaders is don't quit, man, because I know so many releaders, it's hard. Releading yeah. is so hard. And most people don't really realize this, but Zerubbabel came back to rebuild the temple and he built the foundation. And then if you study this at length, he quit for 17 years. He quit wow. building the temple and all of those passages in Zechariah that we all know and love, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit says the Lord. Yeah. Uh, the one that says, do not sp- despise small beginnings. All of those are prophetic words to Zerubbabel to finish re-leading. Come on. So I think I would just tell our listeners, man, don't quit. God is in this. You are born for this. If it was easy, everybody would do it. And so I would just say, keep grinding. That's such a good word. Uh, Leaders do not give up. That's the strategy of the enemy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, Pastor John, what an awesome time to just talk leadership, talk re-leadership. This is some. This is a new term for some of us, yeah, including uh, giving some credit to the one who wrote the book, Releader. <laughs> Everybody, the website is releader.co. Uh, the book is Releader by John Chastine. The podcast is also called Releader. Many of us are discovering today that we're not just leaders. Many of us are actually re-leaders. So uh, stay connected to John. John, thank you for your time on behalf of Dr. Yeah. Sam Chan, Martin Van Tilburg, our Avail team that works behind the scene. Myself, we honor you and your leadership. Man, we, we thank you for this time. Thank you, sir. It's been an honor. I love you. I love Sam. 
Martin, just an incredible team. It's an honor to be here. Thank you, sir. Hey, Avail uh, audience, we love you. We bless you. Thank you for leaning in. As always, my name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, your host for the Avail podcast, where we talk to amazing leaders week in, week out about leadership and about re-leadership. Be blessed, everybody. We'll catch you next time right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast with our guest, Dr. John Chasteen. You can find out more about John and his book, ReLeader, by going to ReLeader.co and also check out the ReLeader podcast. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com and make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail podcast host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast.